In the name of Jesus, amen. Verse 40. When, then, when therefore the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, he will put those wretches to a miserable death. In the name of Jesus, amen. And who could blame him? Blame the master of the vineyard for finally, finally sticking it to those wretches. Trying to get their grubby, blood-stained hands on his vineyard. Who, who could blame him? Well, I suppose maybe his son could blame him. You know, the son whom the master sent after he'd already sent a whole bunch of servants whom the grubby wretches had summarily dispatched. I suppose the son might blame the master, his father, for not sticking it to the wretches a lot earlier, say about five seconds after they dispatched the very first servant. That would have made more sense. I mean, you own a vineyard and let it out to some tenants. Said tenants, kill the guy you send to collect what's yours. It's really a, a no-brainer, easy-peasy, lemon-squeezy, sayonara, tenants. Come to think of it, not just the son, but any of the dozens of servants that were sent after the first one uh, might blame the master for not taking care of business earlier and so saving them the trouble of having to go and get killed. I mean, this master, right? Talk about patience. Uh, servant after servant, finally even his own son to a bunch of wretches, uh, wretches that, that, by the way, are not just evil, but also wretchedly dumb, thinking the way you get your master's stuff is by killing his kid. But, but in what world does a master send servant after servant, finally his own son, to a bunch of homicidal wretches, when he's only asking for what is rightfully his. I mean, I guess it's one who is a, a lot more patient, <laughs> would put up with a lot more than I would, a lot more than you would. One no one would blame, even if a bit off schedule, for finally, I mean, they killed a son. That's the last straw. The one no one would blame for finally sticking it to those wretches who killed his son. The last straw. But I mean, what patience. What patience before that. So much for the so-called parable of the wicked tenants. Uh, as far as parables go from Jesus, this one has to be just about the most straightforward, transparent of them all. He's telling it during Holy Week. A hundred hours after the telling, he'll be on the cross. Twenty-four hours before this, he'd been tearing the, the temple apart and the, the temple movers and shakers, chief priests, scribes, they've come to Jesus and said, what in the world do you think you're doing? This parable, this parable then is part of Jesus' answer. And the, the answer is kind of, well, how about I instead tell you what you've been doing? And what you've been doing is the same thing your forebearers before you have been doing all along. You've been messing up God's vineyard. This vineyard, this people of Israel, this people of God is supposed to be different, you see. Different from the other peoples of the earth, always set on devouring one another, looking out only for numero uno. You're supposed to be a people together as a great vineyard producing gracious fruit. 
With the least and, and lame are, are loved and widows and orphans, cherished and foreigners welcomed and justice done, where those made scarlet by sin are washed whiter than snow. But you, you leaders have made the vineyard into your stage, the place for you to shine, waltzing around like you own the place. You, you're just like all those before you. God sent his servants time after time, calling them back. Elijah's and Elisha's and Jeremiah's and a a bunch of others. All to no avail. Beaten, stoned, murdered, you whacked them all. And now God sent his own son, and you, you're going to whack him too. Turns out that the one telling the story, and the ones listening to the story are themselves the climax of this story. In just a few days, the chief priests slash story listeners slash tenants will remove Jesus, storyteller slash son, to just outside the vineyard, that is Jerusalem, and kill, that is crucify him. The last straw. Or is it? Or is it? I, I mean, b- before answering that, I suppose we we could spend a bunch of time talking about how, though none of us are first century chief priests, we do all have our vineyards, so to say, places for which we're responsible, vineyards um, God has put us in to serve and from which to bring forth fruit to share, vineyards that we have turned into stages upon which numero uno shines and where we waltz around like we own the place. We could ask of your home, is it a vineyard? or your stage, your workplace, your vineyard, or your stage, your social media presence, your vineyard, or your stage, even your church, your vineyard, where you serve, your stage, where you shine. We could talk about all the vineyards turned stages from which Jesus has more or less been pushed to the side where the only fruit produced is the rotten grapes that make you and everyone else sick, could talk about that, but that that would be hard. So how about that other question? How about that, or is it? The last straw, that is. It certainly should be. We've decided that, confirmed that already. As I, as I said, it should have been the last straw, many straws before, like five seconds after the vineyard got morphed into a stage and servant number one got whacked. The parable is so straightforward, so transparent, even the chief priests know that. I mean, of course, they don't agree with Jesus that they are the tenants and that he is the son, but they know how the story goes. They've graduated from the fifth grade. They understand narrative logic. They get how the story ends. Really patient master, kicked in the teeth time after time. And then when the tenants kill the son, that's the last straw. Jesus' question. When, therefore, the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. 
They said to him, duh, he will put those wretches to a miserable death. Which, though it is the obvious answer, is the absolutely everything in the world, everything in your world depends on it, wrong answer. That's the answer they give. They give, not the answer Jesus gives. No, Jesus answers, they ask the question, they give an answer which Jesus ignores, more or less, and instead quotes Psalm 118, the stone the builders rejected. It's become the most important stone in the building, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Marvelous in our eyes. Which sounds weird, only until Jesus finally gives his answer, his answer to the question. An answer that is so marvelous, he could not give it. He had to live it. When therefore the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? What did he do with all the tenants set on turning vineyard into stink fruit producing stage? Try this marvelous ending on for size with you now standing in as one of the tenants. When the sun, when the air comes to collect the fruit, wretched dummy you join in the attack and kill him. Uh oh. <laughs> Realizing how dumb that was, the reckoning comes, and you know it's all going to hit the fan. You and your fellow dummies dragged before the magistrates, shaking in your sandals, about to pay the piper, face the music, accept your sayonara for what you have done, and then, dear God, if things could not possibly get worse to your horror, the owner himself shows up in court with. The son you killed, but not a corpse. The kid is very much alive. You can see the wounds. You know it's him. The wounds that you left on him, wounds in his hands and his feet and his side. And you're just about to soil your britches, just about to soil your britches. The father gets out his last will and testament and announces that the vineyard has been bequeathed not just to the son, but to you and all the dummy workers. The son, whom you killed, now very much alive, stretches out his wounded hands. He says, peace be with you. And welcomes all of us back into the vineyard as co-owners, co-heirs, fellow heirs. And since it's a vineyard where there's lots of wine, he throws a big party to celebrate, kick off this new business venture of making out-of-this-world wine together for a wedding feast that will never, ever run out. Now, if you think that's a crazy ending, you're right, but you're only part right. It's more than crazy. It is marvelous. Marvelous in our eyes. And if you're wondering why Jesus didn't tell that ending himself and left it to others to tell the ending, it's because it's so crazy, so marvelous, that the only way anyone could possibly believe it was for Jesus to live it first. And to die it, and on the third day, live it again. In a world where, duh, there's always a last straw, 
and where you've made up a pile of straws, like we fess up to every week, that justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. In a world where there's always a last straw, the only way you could possibly believe in a God for whom there is not is for his son Jesus to gather all the straws, all your sins, all your stupidities, all your stage-made stink fruit, bear it to the cross, and come back with nothing but mercy in his heart, forgiveness on his lips. And it is marvelous in our eyes. I mean, isn't it? What could be more marvelous than this? To be loved not just with a patient love, but with a love that refuses not to love you. Not just really patient, but you know, eventually, eventually he's going to pull the plug. So, so, so still always wondering which of your stupidities, your wretchednesses, will be the last straw. No. Marvelous love is to be loved with a no-last-straw love. And that's what this parable is about. The parable of the marvelous master. That's what your father is about and his son is about. And the Holy Spirit, whose job it is to keep calling you back to them, is all about no last straws. Not for you. No sayonaras. Not for those you love. Not for those you hate. Not for anyone at all. Only a love that keeps coming back. Only the son with his wounded hands and feet and side saying, peace be with you. Only the wine and the wedding feast. That never ends. Marvelous. Just marvelous. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.